field goal and we keep going. Howard, Howard left side, to the 10, to the 5, game over! Welcome to the Irish NFL podcast, brought to you in association with the 42.ie. Leading us in today, you just heard Jordan, How- Jordan Howard's 19-yard touchdown, winning the game in overtime for the Bears against the poor, poor Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm Mark Cockrell, a fan of the Escapologists, the New England Patriots, and I'm joined, as always, by Brian O'Leary, a fan of the eternally damned New York Giants. Good evening, Mark. And Gordon Bridgefield, a fan of this week, the emasculated Pittsburgh Steelers. I now know how, how Brian feels every week. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Pod, and do subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud to hear our past episodes and avoid missing new ones. Guys, before we get into the, the jigs and the reels, I mean, what a weekend of football. This is why we love the NFL. Yeah, the f- season's finally alive. It feels like that now. We've had kind of... Two very slow weeks, week one, week two, low-scoring games, but it really took off on Sunday, in particular the six o'clock games. I mean, between half eight and quarter past nine, especially me with one particular game. <laughs> but, um, it, was, it was hard. I had the Giants game on one screen on the TV, and then I had the red zone on the other one, and it was just, it was hard. You didn't know where to be looking at times. There was so, so much action from the Patriots game to the Falcons game to the Giants game. Yeah. It was just, it was really exciting. It was, uh, it was just one of those weekends where we, uh, every time I was looking at the results, I was looking back at what we predicted. I was like, are we really that stupid? Like how, <laughs> how did we get so, m- but again, it just threw up, I think week three teams were a lot more into it. Uh, our WhatsApp was going crazy. Uh, Brian got a, quite a lot of it at, at times, but um, yeah, I'm just, week three just kind of showed us what the NFL is. And uh, yeah, much better performance. The excitement, particularly in the fourth quarter, and the standard overall, just for me, livened everything up. Um, Before we get into the games, Gordo, there's one particular news story that was uh, dominating the airwaves this week. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm going to read you something here. Um, It's a quote from somebody. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners, when somebody disrespects our flag, to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now. Out, he's fired. And that owner, they don't know it. They don't know it. They're friends of mine, many of them. They don't know if they'll be the most popular person for a week. They'll be the most popular person in this country. And uh, that is the quote from uh, Donald Trump, the President of the United States. I know. I now, know. now is the time to say, thank God we're Irish. And I don't know whether he just wanted to, you know, he wanted to cause a storm. And really, I don't really want to talk too much about it because it's such a good week. Let's focus on the football. Yeah. But yeah. last weekend, there was only f- week two, there was only five players that put up what we call a protest, whether they kneeled or whether they put the, the fist up in terms of what they're going to display and what they feel about what's going on in the background in the country. And we feel like we're kind of moving on from that stage, and then all of a sudden he's literally just kicked it's off. It's exploded. It's exploded. Uh, look, for me, uh, I agree in one respect. I'm an Irish NFL fan. I don't live in America. I want to focus on the product. I want to focus on the field. But for me, this is hilarious politics 101. Trump has done a deal with the Democrats on his budget. His base is upset about this. What does he do? He's on the stump speech. He says this statement, which I, is in designed Alabama. to inf- in, Alabama, in Alabama, designed to be inflammatory. It's like build the wall. It's like let's blow up New- North Korea. 
they all get excited. Yeah, yeah, red flag and military. And it completely subverts the press and the entire media, not in relation to his budget anymore, not in relation to the Democrats, but all in relation to the NFL and who's sitting, who's standing, who's standing in tunnels. Well, he's taking so out probably the biggest product that there is in the States. He is, but, it, but it's, it's genius. I mean, yeah. sorry, he's not a dumb man. This yeah, is yeah. Politics 101, and he's done a I great job I, on it. I, but I, 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 won't, I won't harp on it. I just want to mention one more thing about it because he, there's one line where he says, sons of bitches. And I think that's what most people got upset about. But there's a great tweet out there. Look it up. Colin Kaepernick's mother. She comes out with, well, I must be one proud bitch. Yes, so I, I did like great, that. It was I a did great like tweet. It is bizarre from the U.S. president. It was a bit of a bizarro week in the NFL in some respects. I mean, when Alice in Wonderland went on her trippy experience, the king said, begin at the beginning. So let's do that on our tour of the trippy week three. It began Thursday night football with a very bizarre game. The Rams at 49ers was not a boring Thursday night game. Uh, Goff and Gurley certainly showed up. The 49ers were surprisingly competitive after Brian Hoyer threw an inception on the very first pass with 12 seconds gone. And in fact, uh, the Rams were all full on special teams, particularly in the last five minutes, which you don't expect from them. You know, coached by Jim Faisal. It ended up a 41-39 Rams victory. Just wow. Um, again, this was a game where I predicted the unders. and uh, <laughs> Which was gone after yeah. about 10 minutes. <coughs> and, yeah. and, I, and I got a text off Brian saying it was gone. But uh, yeah, Todd Gurley, three touchdowns. Goff, three touchdowns. Um, the Rams' defense, you know, they picked off Brian Hoyer, first play of the game. Uh, I think Gurley scored then from the 49ers. They tied it the next one. And in halftime, 24-13 to the Rams. And you're kind of going, wow, this is going to be a close, close game. But even late in the tour quarter, the Rams pulled away again and went two scores up. And you thought at that stage, the Rams were, okay, this game is kind of going in the sense the way we expected it. The yeah. Rams are going to pull away now. And then all of a sudden, she won the mistake, an interception here and there. Before you knew it, the game was really close yeah. again. Fumble on a kickoff return, yeah. uh, you know, recovery of an onside kick by the 49ers. They kept it live. Yeah, yeah it was just, it was a, a great finish to the game. Um, but yeah, I wasn't... And then I Sammy Watkins came out after the game, you know, before the Cowboys even played on, you know, Monday night and says, we're going to Dallas next week and we're going to win. <laughs> so Good man, Sammy. And he showed up and he had a great performance yeah, well as well. Up, they put up high numbers in terms of week one, week three. Obviously, they, they lost that game against the Skins week two. They do have a powerful offense when they're, when they're on. And Goff, so far, you know, you can see now why they, you can gradually see that he's coming to be the number one pick that they expected. Well, anyway. I think Sean, Sean McVay is play-calling correctly for Perfectly. Goff is yeah. in he's not complicating things he's just making it nice and easy so but again we were up on the Rams week one we were down, down on them week, week two, two we're up again you know it's just we'll see yeah. how it goes Sean McVay out coaching Carl Shanahan this week so that was very interesting now Infernal used to sing a great song dance uh, dance fans won all from Paris to Berlin we didn't do that in the NFL this week but we did from Thursday night to Sunday morning go from LA to London and this was again a bizarre game Ravens at Jaguars, 44-7 in favour of the Jags. Um, I was watching the game and I forgot, of course, it's the London Jaguars. Doug Marone actually used to play for the London Monarchs. They had home field advantage, literally. Flacco was completely incompetent. You yeah, know. I think we've missed a trick here, actually, because we all picked the Ravens to win. And if you look at the, two, the previous two years, the Jags beat the Bills. And then last year they beat the Colts. And then this year they've beaten the Ravens. So... It is kind of a home from homes for the for the Jags. They've won three games in a row in London, and those three games have, they've always played particular way, uh, you know, particularly well. And then the Ravens. I just noticed as the week went on, there was a lot of interviews. I was watching a few interviews on to NFL Total Access, NFL Network. They didn't seem to embrace the idea of going to London. Harbaugh was very flat. 
Uh, Joe Flacco didn't seem too excited about the fact that there. Most teams you see over the years, they're kind of they enjoy the fact that they're going to play in London. <coughs> didn't mm. never never sense that no from the interest. Ravens. Didn't say it was like as if look, let's just get this game out of the way. We're not going to win, and uh, let's get back and focus on on a big game this weekend against the Steelers. And uh, like it was a bit disappointing for the big crowd. It was a great crowd at it, and the game was over by halftime. I think it was 23, 26, yeah, I think and a half time. Yeah. John Harbour came out and said, "Look, he doesn't want to play." He said he pretty much said, "Look, that's the last time we'll be playing in London." Um, I I just want to bring this up because like again, although we picked wrong for this game, which uh, we all admit, in the off season we did say the Jags defense would win them games and that they had potential. It was just the off without without a good quarterback that we just didn't think Blake Bortles would do it. They're averaging twenty nine point seven points a game. They've got 13 sacks so far, and they're two and one. And Bortles is not losing them games at the moment. Right. So, you know, they're doing something right there. And you're, you're right. The Jags' defense definitely showed up, and the Ravens' defense didn't bail who's out who's their offense who? like they had in the last two days. Who's leading the Jags in the front office again? Tom Coughlin. Is that it? Uh, yeah, I, bet, yeah, the yeah, I yeah. bet the Giants wish they had him again. <laughs> the bloody hell. Oh, that was beautiful. Um, no, I think Tom's time. Joe, in, Joe so. Flacco set new marks in ineptitude. Eight for 18 for 28 yards with two interceptions. It was very poor. Then, okay, we come to Sunday afternoon and things get really wild and exciting. We had four, as we were alluding to at the top of the show, unbelievable finishes to games in the 6 p.m. slot. We'll do them in order, guys. But we're talking about the Falcons at the Lions, which was the g- league game on Sky. And then all involving our teams, but they, they deserve to be talked about. Giants at Eagles, Steelers at Bears, and the Texans at the Patriots. Look, kicking off with the Falcons at the Lions, Matt Ryan was intercepted three times. It was a real big tussle between two class acts in the NFC, but it comes down to last drive. 15 plays and 153 session, uh, seconds. A penalty brings them away, brings the Lions back. There's still a chance at the end, and then you have the final throw. Golden Tate, touchdown on the win. Fourth quarter king, we all Fourth win. Quarter, fourth quarter king, he's back again. Another recovery by the Lions, but then, oh, wait, on review, you're down the half-yard half line. By rule, 10-second runoff as they had no timeouts left. Game is over. Falcons win. 30-26. The, the only thing, like, again, I, the only thing I'll say about this game is go watch the highlights. Just really watch the highlights. Yes. It's well worth it. And the guy picked the lines, but like it played out pretty much as I think we all expected to be a high-scoring game, and mm. you know yeah. it would come down to the very, the very last drive. The lines, as you said, the lines nearly won the game. One thing I will say now, going forward for the lines, like they've played probably against the best team in the NFC at the moment. And they put it up to them, and they nearly won the game. So I think the Lions can take a lot of confidence from the game. Okay, they've lost, and you know one decision has you know that decision could have easily gone the Lions' way, and they could have and they could have won the game. So and then there's always the conversation around the fact that there was a 10-second runoff. Um, it's the rule. Like I understand that. But what I'm saying is, I still believe that they may have got the ball up in time to. So if that decision goes the way it has in the end, and the referee calls it short. There's 10 seconds on the clock. They could have easily possibly got up and got a playoff, and who knows? So I know it's the rule. The rules is the rule. I, I d- entirely disagree because if you get up in time, which I don't think they would have had time, it's fourth down, so you can't spike the ball. So the only thing you can really do is a quarterback sneak, and the Falcons could have sorted out in relation half yard to line. it. At the half-yard line. But so the Falcons were sort of silent. I don't think they I had enough it. time. They know the rule, so the offensive coordinator shouldn't have ca- called a pick play, which might have had that as a as an end consequence. But anyway, I just think great the, the, game. The, the key point for that is I feel the Lions have come on enough from last no, season. They have, but can they keep it going? That's, that's a key thing. Yeah. Can they keep it going? Can they be a true contender in the NFC North? Yep. Now, the Giants at the Eagles. 27-24 <sighs> in favour of the Eagles. 
Uh, McAdoo blamed Eli last week for mm. a fourth down snafu. This week he said it was my fault at the end of the first half when he messed up a few fourth down calls. Uh, probably every Giants fan is quoting Green Day and saying, wake me up when September ends. The Giants... <laughs> <laughs> the Giants did move the ball up and down, but, but they only started no, they to put it together in the fourth quarter. But I have to give due credit here. Game on the line. Ice cold rookie. I'm not going to lie. I, I couldn't remember who the Eagles kicker was. I was going, was it Akers? No, no. no. Okay. Is it Sturgis? Well, no, look, he got injured in the first round. So, Mark, I have a story. Out. I have a story for you. I have a little story for Brian as well. So the Bengals, they choose a kicker, Jake Elliott, in the fifth round of the draft. They cut him on Labor Day. He's signed by the Eagles to take over for Caleb St- uh, Sturges, who's hurt in the opening day. Before the game, the Eagles coaches uh, are noticing the kicks that I later making, and they've made a decision. 56 yards and in, he's our man. That's who we go to. Ball is on the 61-yard line. Elliott sees it. What's he do? Runs up to the coaches. First thing he says is, let's go. Let's go. They points to the uh, pitch, goes on. Peterson sends him on. The rest is history. 61-yard field goal. Longest of his career. Rookie. Wins the game for the Eagles. Lo- longest field goal ever by a rookie. Longest field goal ever by an Eagles kicker. Longest in the history of the stadium. Eagles win. Brian. The, the man will never buy a beer again. I'm only going to focus on from a Giants perspective. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm actually not too down on us this week. I thought we played reasonably well. We moved the ball up and down the field. Unfortunately, we didn't score. But we had two red zone opportunities that we didn't score. So the fact that mm-hmm. we were getting in the red zone was, a, was an improvement on the other weeks. We had a, what I believe, a very controversial touchdown ruled out in the first half. Um, it was 7 nearly went for it fourth down. I can understand why he went for it. Possibly he should have taken the field goal. But he scored 24 points in the fourth quarter. Beckham seems to be back to himself. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you think he's, he's healthy again? He looked a lot better at the weekend. Oh, someone um, catches it. He made another one-handed catch again. Uh, oh, sorry, that was the one that wasn't allowed. Second, no, no, the yeah. second touchdown. Second touchdown, Was yeah. amazing. Catch of the season so far. Yeah. And, you know, we could have killed ourselves as well. We gave 137 yards away in penalties. So, look, we have improved. The defense was... You know, looked itself as, you know, we played reasonably well. But again, we're killing ourselves for our own mistakes. That game was there to be won in the end. We came back, we went to touchdown up, gave them back a touchdown. We even had the opportunity to go ahead again, which we did. There was a controversial flag going, went against us even in that, in that phase of the game where if we had got that first down, we probably would have saw the game out. So look, I'm not overly disappointed. If we go to Tampa this week, it's going to be another tough game, but we are looking a lot better. You're like a Browns fan. Can, can I, I'll uh, never be like a Browns I, fan. I have to ask, I mean, which, which hurt more? This or the miracle of Medlow at the Meadowlands uh, with Deshaun well Jackson's I, I, I pump return. Was, I wasn't alive back then, so no, no, no. Sorry, miracle of Meadowlands two, the one in 2012. Oh, that was that was demoralising. That was week 15. That was really I, demoralising. I, I, did, I didn't sleep for. Was a it a 31-7 lead or a 31-14 lead? You a, threw away in the 20, fourth quarter. We had a 23 point lead going into the fourth quarter. That's right. And then they won it in the end. Deshaun Jackson pump return, last kick of the game, and the, the punt first d- ever pump return. Return for a touchdown, finish to a game in the NFL. And do you know history. who punted? Can you remember who punted it? Uh, Weatherford, wasn't it? No, Matt Dodge. Oh, that's right, because Weatherford was injured. He was a rookie. Yeah, that's right. And he was quickly moved on. He yeah. actually went to the books after that. Anyway, a, anyway, uh, the books going to have him this weekend. That'd be great for us. Okay. Um, no, we won't relive your pain, uh, but we will. So slightly, some more pain, I think. However, Steelers yeah. at the Bears, twenty-three seventeen to the Bears in overtime. The Bears, along with the Jags, and maybe the Rams have been kind of the Jekyll and Hyde team so far. Great in week one from what we expected. Bad in week two. Great again. This week, they stepped up after their woeful week two performance, handed the Steelers their first loss of the season. Look, Glennon did next to nothing. It was all really due due to Cohen and Jordan Howard, who we heard at the start of the pod. Um, Leading rushers and the leading receivers for the team. 
Um, look, the Steelers stayed inside the locker room for the anthem in protest at Trump's quote, uh, except understandably for Alejandro Villanueva, who's an ex-Army Ranger. And to be honest, in the first half, it looked like they stayed in the, the locker room. Gordo, the choo-choo train of last week has suffered a mechanical fault. Oh, I love what's come back. Yeah, the, I didn't think this would be the game. Like the two teams in this league that you don't expect to lose against the Bears and the Jets. It's the NFL. That's just all <laughs> over the shop. Any given Sunday. Um, I do think the whole anthem protest played a huge factor in this for the Steelers because we've now seen today Big Ben coming out saying he didn't agree with the you know the route they took. The left tackle, um, Alejandro, yeah, has come out and said again, like you know, he didn't realize he was standing by himself. He thought everyone was behind. It just all over the shop. James so Harrison came out after him, questioning why he was out there and wasn't with them. He yeah. felt like I thought we were all in this together. So there, there, there's not knowing the background to why he was out there in the first place in terms of yeah. he's gone to Afghanistan. So, so I think yeah. I, I think there's just a lot in it. Um, me and Brian were actually having a side discussion about this. We, we said in the off season, Big Ben considered retirement. Uh, based on that game, I think he nearly should have at this stage because he just looks—he <laughs> looks beat up. Is he just looks a bit tired? He just looks like he's struggling at the moment. I would nearly put him in that. He looks like Palmer in that. You know, it's finally getting to him a little bit. I think. I remember in 2007 when Michael Strahan came back and he thought he was going to retire the year in which we beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Mark um, Strahan was like, "I'm going to come back." And the first thing question question Coughlin said, "Are you up for it? Are you, you know, you're 100 yeah, percent." Yeah. And he goes, "I'm back and I'm commit." Big Ben does not look commit. No. He just looks like he's in two minds whether he wants to play or not. Like week one, you said it. You know, particularly against the Browns, he just didn't look up for it. Last weekend against the Vikings, didn't do much, didn't see it, and again this week. Dur during the off-season, it felt like Big Ben was almost going down the Favre route. You know, yeah. every year, yeah. every season, oh, I'm retiring, oh, bring me back, oh, I'm retiring, and bring me and back. And, and, and that's not what you want from your quarterback, but the problem is there's nobody there to back him up. There's no yeah. good enough quarterback to come in. Because, uh, again, you have the receiving threats, you have, one of the you have the best running back in the game. Uh, now, the defense isn't what it used to be, but it's still a you know, high-end defense. But, yeah, it just looks like Big Ben is finally kind of... Do we underestimate the bell factor not coming back during the offseason because we uh, thought that would be a given he come into week one yeah. business as usual but he hasn't really stepped up I think it took week three for a lot of teams to ignite and I think potentially week four week five we'll see Bell come back on track but yeah I do think yeah a lot of factors but uh, I think the Big Ben one and then also the protest looks like it seems to have divided a, a Steelers locker room at the moment so Gr great yeah. win great for and you're just the flip side great win for the Bears uh, sure we wanted Mike Lennon to stay a bit longer so you know, Jordan Howard <laughs> Jordan Howard and Cohen you know as long as the Bears have them healthy they could do you know they could definitely have a reasonably good season well I mean we called out the fact that they did nothing in the last game I mean I think it was 20 yeah. yards on 16 carries I mean this game far better performance I mean Howard in particular uh, average six yards a carry. Cohen averaged six point five yards a carry. You know, um, one hundred thirty eight yards for Cohen with two scores on the ru on the rushing. But like yeah. I said, even receiving, they're the main receiving threat that Glennon seemed to be using as well. Um, particularly, obviously, they lost Kevin White in the opening day of the season. So yeah. they need to do something on the ground. Anyway, sorry, Gordo, but not really sorry. It was That's rather hilarious. In fairness. Um, we then came to a game which was miraculous, of course, because it was another great fourth quarter comeback by Tom. Brady. Uh, he, on his fourth quarter comeback, converted a third and 12 and a third and 18 before one of the most beautiful passes I've ever seen in my life to Brandon Cooks, uh, who I'm falling in love with, to seal the deal. Don't get me wrong, flaws abound on this Pats team. We scraped home in this game 36-33. The O-line was poor, especially Nate Solder, who may get Brady killed. Uh, and don't forget that the Patriots did go with three three-and-outs in the fourth quarter before the game-winning drive. So it's not like everything was, was smooth. 
They had no run game on Sunday and can't convert short yardage, and the defense is still woeful. They gave up 42 points in week one at home and 23 this week in week Exactly. Home. So, it's look, I mean, there big, are big problems, concern. but they are 2-1, and yeah. one, and they're still getting out of the wins, and Brady can win a few shootouts. Yeah. But if the Patriots want to be there and thereabouts in January and February, the defense has to seriously improve. Yeah. yeah. That last that last touchdown by Brady was just on his back foot, pocket collapsing. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, the only thing I'd say about the Texans is I think Bill O'Brien has realized like we should have had Watson in from week one. Um, now I, 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 there were certain passes I think we were kind of saying it in, in our own chats that you know Watson, a more experienced quarterback, would have converted probably a little bit more in some of the the kind of third and downs. But even the time management at the end of the game, but that's on Bill O'Brien actually. He should have he should have figured out that was yeah. Give give the guy a chance to have at least two more plays. But it looks like they have a good quarterback. You know, yeah. again we've said that so many times for yeah. the Texans, but. But I think this is it now. I think they've finally found the guy. Yeah. If they if they if they manage him and look after him, well, that's w- it. Don't put him in the foreign. But yeah. what was O'Brien looking at to start uh, Savage uh, over him? Well, this to begin the, the w- season. Well, we said this. It made no sense, and we, we've gone on. Look, look, it's done and dusted. Patriots, a great win. I will give yeah, that. Just yeah, just to say, there was, was five minutes, uh, you know, between watching the Giants game, watching the Patriots <laughs> game, to see Brady Shaw winning touchdown and the Patriots fans celebrating to then. Well, Seeing the Giants lose yeah. was yeah, yeah. was as special. You, for I, you. I, you're probably wondering why there was no response. Well, I mean, for I, an hour, I, I, I had <laughs> I had ten minutes where Patriots win with the unbelievable throw at the end, which I did think we were going to throw away. Your two teams lose. I've been looking forward to this 45 minutes for um, last few days, guys. This has been great. So long may it continue. Anyway, there were very much memories in all four of those key games as well. For Detroit, it's not the first time they've had a fourth quarter heartbreak at the depth. For the Steelers, I thought it was very similar to being Tebowed by Tim Tebow against the poorer Denver Broncos game and losing very quickly in overtime. The Pats, we've had lots of good comebacks, but the Saints one was the one that kind of came to mind in 2012. And the Giants, as I said, Brian, just to remind you again, Miracle in the Meadowlands 2, uh, after the 76 Miracle in the Meadowlands 1, you know, Surely it's how I of me, me, the Miracle 76 before I've taught her Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've erased the other one from your memory banks. Yeah, I get that old, already. Get <laughs> okay. Let's get on to the rest. Uh, Broncos at the Bills. Bills won this one, 26-16. I have to give applause to Brian here. Yeah, well done. Well called last Great week. Call. You said Great last call. week this will be a letdown for the Broncos. You approved dramatically right. Uh, right. Two picks for Simeon, two touchdowns for Tyra Taylor. The one thing I said last week was um, McDermott has torn the Bills' defense around the secondary, which yeah. really improved. They've only t- given away 27 points in total in three games. Um, <coughs> it just seemed to be sa- seemed just seemed to be on his back foot all day, throwing interceptions. Where he I never thought he'd be saying, Taylor looked assured in his performance. He, you know, wasn't doing anything drastic. Just played the game, you know, yeah. up and down the field, and he goes, let the defense take care of the rest, and we'll win the game. Yeah, I think, uh, like Brian said, the Bills' defense will win them games now at this yeah. stage. And the commentator said it as well, everyone has underestimated him. And, yeah, got to give it to Brian. He, yeah. he called it last week. Okay. Gordo's second team, the Browns, lost 31-28 at the Colts. And, uh, again, I got this wrong because I said, no, they're not going to win a game until Andrew Luck comes back. But I forgot. You should never underestimate how good someone can be just from being around Tom Brady. Oh, um, Jacoby Brissett was one and one as a spot starter with the Pats last year. Today, he ran for two touchdowns, or Sunday, he ran for two touchdowns through another to T.Y. Hilton, who finished with 153 yards off seven receptions. And the Colts just about avoided tripping over themselves at the end. Kaiser looked lively again, but still for me, two bad teams going nowhere. And Andrew Luck has been confirmed of being out at least until week six. We're improving. The Browns are improving. I, w- I would give them that is in the performances. Uh, we kind of said this earlier on. In terms of their offense, they've got players now. They've got Kaiser, 
um, Deshaun Kaiser at, at uh, quarterback is playing really well. They've got Duke Johnson, who we name-checked in the preview show yeah. um, as a kind of running back slash wide receiver. He had 23 rushing yards, one touchdown, and 81 uh, receiving yards. And then the tight end, I'm going to get this pronunciation all wrong. Uh, David is his first name. David, David Ndoke. Ndoko. Ndoko, who, again, had a great day at tight end. So you've got a tight end, you've got a running back, you've got a QB. I, I predicted seven wins this year. I'm going to stick to it for now, but uh, yeah. We should have we should have beaten the Colts. So you're predicting they're going to go seven and six from here on in. Mm. Mm. Okay. I, I did pick the Colts in this one as well. You two got the wrong game. So <laughs> just while we're on that hot streak of Thanks being Brian. the lone wolf. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby, as I said last week, was an, was an upgrade on what was there previous to that in week one. Which Scott Tolzien. Yeah, Tolzien. And uh, yeah, he's good on the, he's good on the ground. He you know he reminds me of a Cam Newton, probably a lesser Cam Newton, but he ran in two touchdowns before he even threw one. But T. Y. Hilton also finally arrived to the party this season. So yeah, a yeah. big. Bill Parcells' protege, Brissett, yeah. is actually, mm -hmm. you recommend him to Belichick yeah. uh, uh, last year. So as long year. as he's in, I think they'll give them an opportunity to win games. Yeah. Uh, Saints at the Panthers. Again, another team coming back to life. Saints beating the Panthers 34-13. Critical win for their season. Look, Panthers didn't adjust well to loss of Greg Olson last week with three interceptions by Cam Newton. This was a very one-sided game. 17-6 at the first half. Never got closer than that. Yeah, me and you got this one wrong, in fairness to Gordon. He picked the Saints. Um, I suppose what we didn't probably pick up on was the fact that week one, week two, albeit the Panthers won. Well, we did actually. We said it last week. They're stuttering offense so far. But I thought at some stage they would pick it up. But again, they didn't against a very weak Saints secondary. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Breeze was on form. I mean, if you give Breeze a, you know, a backbone in terms of the defense playing well for him, um, you know, he'll always try to put up points, and that's pretty much how okay. it played out. Uh, Bucks of the Vikings, uh, again, uh, remarkably a less competitive game than we imagined. 34-17 for the Vikings. The Vikings' defense causing Winston problems. Okay, we saw that. Winston still throwing too many inceptions. We mentioned that in the pre-season games. And, you know, disappointing. But one big surprise, Case Keenum, out of nowhere, 25 mm. of 33, 369 yards with three touchdowns. Look, he's got huge support. Um Seriously, something Stefan Diggs and yeah. uh, Adam Thielen have been running open every single week uh, this year so far. The numbers two and three in total yards in the NFL at the moment. And uh, I have to give big props, and we said it last week, and we said it in week one, to Dalvin Cook. Uh, 97 yards and a score on 27 carries, plus another 72 receiving yards on five, car uh, five catches. Yeah, I think um, two things. On the books, I blame hard knocks. Uh, for giving, <laughs> for building him up so much and giving hope into the what, what the Bucks and Winston could do and the leader that he was. And now again, maybe the external, oh, that'll yeah, that'll maybe continue on Sunday. Yeah, maybe the external circumstances have played a part, but yeah, they were just they were poor. But Case Keenum, like out of nowhere. So I so suppose the question I want to put to both of you on this one is: Bradford is out for the next game still, I believe. Yes. Yeah. But if he was, so again, if Case Keenum has another day like he just had. And Bradford comes back healthy then in two weeks. Who do you go with? Um, I still think they would go with Bradford. They've given up too much to bring him in. They gave away a fourth round pick. Mm. Still believe they see him as the franchise of the of the. I totally agree with you. There is, you know, Keenan had a fantastic game. I L think it, we it shouldn't it underestimate how strong and how good they are at home. Yeah, they're true. really good at home. No, no, they have, and they've adapted to their new home very well. Um, I I'd agree, though. You don't go with Bradford. Keenum's a career backup with the mm. odds flashes. I mean, Matt Flynn. Had a career day with the Packers back in the day, 480 yards and six and touchdowns. You don't like Bradford, but you'd still put him back I'd in. I'd still put him back in. He will let you down, don't get me wrong, but I'd still put him back in. Mm. Um, but look, I, I seriously just think, though, Diggs, Thielen and Cook have been blazing to start the year, and so they deserve a hell of a lot of credit for it as well. 
Um, moving on, we talked about the Bears. Big surprise. We talked about the Colts. Big surprise. Possibly the surprise of the week. Nay, the surprise of the NFL season is that the New York Jets won a game. 20-6 to against the Dolphins. Uh, Jets fans, don't jump off that cliff. There is life. Uh, the defense was live against the Finns, who looked really like they have been living out suitcases for the last four weeks. I'm going to kick this to Brian first, but I just ask the question, was it more Jets talent or Dolphins failures? It's a, that's a tricky one. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, the Jets defense did look very good. There seems to be a bit of a unity about the team at the weekend. It was like, it was like as if Bowles said, no one expects us to win a game. You know, we have got good talent. We did do, we did draft well. We have brought in some players of free agent that will help on the defensive side of the ball. They looked, I'm not saying, I'm not going to go back and say they looked like the defense of all for the Jets because that's too, <laughs> too, too much of a statement. But they certainly look like they will put it up to teams when they come into MetLife. And, and McCown on the other side of the ball was good and efficient in game management. Again, similar to what I said about the other game around the Bills, it was like, it was like let's just focus on the defense, get the defense right and... Don't make silly mistakes. Don't make silly mistakes, and we'll, we'll put up some points at some stage during the game. Well, I just want to pull it back here to Mark. I think in the preview show, made some a massive statement and was adamant, adamant that the Jets were not going to win a single game this year. No, uh, and I think he might have even made a bet. No, I no, no, I, no. I, I, he was I, all I, over the Paddy Power twenty to the most points. I, 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 I think he said if you want to lose money then you should bet on the Jets winning a game. Something along those lines. I, I think, I think I you just need to go back and listen to that episode and just I, I, hear I'm how adamant he was. I'm happy to listen to it. But I gave the odds. I was very heavy against the Jets. The bookies over, over under was three and a half for the Jets. So Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. think that's the one I particularly oh, decided. Sure. I think so. I think so. Next one. Uh, anyway, that's the Jets. Uh, moving on to another degree of ineptitude. Bengals at the Packers. Um Look, last week, guys, I used two Shakespeare references to refer to the Bengals. And week three, I'm still not sure if their whole season is a tragedy or a comedy, but it's certainly probably a combination of the two. And this Sunday, it was all about a Midsummer Night's Dream. So if you remember the plot to Midsummer Night's Dream, at one point, Puck mistakes Lysander for Demetrius, and it causes the various confusion with Helena and Hermia going forward. You were, def you were definitely that guy in the front of English class with your hand up, sir, yeah. sir, <laughs> sir, <laughs> every um, day. But anyway, this, what Sunday, what into, this yeah. Sunday, the Bengals' offense was reborn. There was 14 points. Don't say that. Bill Lazor was a genius. No. Andy Dalton was balling. No. They also got a pick six off Rodgers. So instead Their of nine points... Their defense well actually ran ro yeah. Rodgers ragged. There was so a number of sacks on them. So instead of nine points in two games, they had 21 points in the first half. But the thing in Midsummer Night's Dream, the fairy dust wears off. And that's what happened to the Bengals. The rest of the game, they got nothing except a lonely, lonely field goal after the initial excitement. Having Aaron Rodgers dragged yeah. the pack back. They uh, won in overtime. They won in overtime. And having watched the Packers last week against the Falcons, and having watched the game fully on, on Sunday against the Bengals, there's absolutely no way the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl. I put it, what, episode, episode 10, come back to me in February, there's no way the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl. All I want to say on this is with the Bengals, Andy Dalton, yes, he came back. He threw some beautiful touchdowns. And there was one that he threw, and a commentator came out with this line. That's, that's, why the, you, reason that's the reason you drafted that quarterback. And I was just sitting there going, I'm sorry, what? Do you know which commentator that was? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. Brian's do you, favorite do you want friend. to enlighten you? No, it's all Tony right. Romo. Well, either way, it was a comment <laughs> yeah. that I listened to, and I was like just baffled. Because for me, I was hoping, not again, if they lost again, it would have finally given reason to bring AJ McCarron in and give him a shout at quarterback, who I think everyone rates. 
people are trying to um, trade him for the last few years um, because he is a top quarterback. And he's had to come out this week and say, guys, get behind Andy Dalton. I think secretly he's sitting there kind of going, I, I, I could get a shot this year, but they needed to lose that game. I, yeah. I can't believe Dalton decided to put on a performance. So the reason, sorry, the substance behind that is what I say, the Packers won't win Super Bowl. The offensive line was very poor last week. They played well in week one against the Seahawks, but the last two games they've been really, really poor. Rodgers has been sacked quite a number yeah. of times. I don't know the stats, but that, that can't continue. Rodgers is great at you know, you yeah, know, yeah. avoiding the sack. But and, and Rodgers had a bad game last week and he threw a pick six at home, which has only happened twice during his whole career this he, he week as well. So yeah, he right. looks out of sorts. It However, Aaron will tell you, Brian, R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Yeah, okay. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Chiefs at the Chargers. Gordo's fourth team from counting. Uh, one, 24, tw- 10. Uh, Rivers had three first half inceptions. Alex Smith was hammered all day long, particularly by Melvin Ingram. But it's really Kareem Hunt again. Uh, 17 carries for 172 yards and a touchdown. I have to say, I've got to look at this in combination because it was on at the same time with the Seahawks-Titans game, which yep. ended up 33-27 to the Titans because it was like Freaky Friday. At one point, Chiefs-Chargers, there was nothing but scores and there was nothing happening in the Seahawks-Titans. And then all of a sudden it flipped and there was no scores in the Chiefs and Chargers until the last closeout touchdown. And the, the Titans and Seahawks game went bananas. And it went from 6-0... Uh, with two minutes to go in the first half to end up 33-27. And so. the score may look like the Chiefs won comfortably, but the actual Hunt touchdown was with a minute to go. Yeah. They were looking to play for the first down just to kill the game, you know, get him over the line, and the Chargers had pushed up, and the gap, the gap was there. Hunt went six, 70, 70, 80 yards for the touchdown. So it looks a lot more comfortable than it was. It the was Chargers the only score they had in the second half, yeah. and the Chargers had plenty of chances. They did, and unfortunately for Rodgers again, or not sorry, Rodgers, for Rivers, number of interceptions killed the Chargers again, and look, Chiefs, you know, to go out win those close games. So, I mean, as I said, I compared it to the Titans-Seahawks game. The Titans are for real. They had a great running game again. 5.6-yard average this week, 35 times for just under 200 yards. Murray, DeMarco Murray, and Derek Henry becoming a great combo there between the beasts in the offensive line. Murray didn't really feature last week, but much there. Um, for me, actually, one of the big stories of this was in the first half, Richard Sherman absolutely should have been ejected. We had exactly what the league is trying to ban, which is two unsportsmanlike penalties, but they declared one was capable of counting and one wasn't capable of counting, even though it was an absolutely horrendous hit on Marcus Mariota. And, I mean, how long does this nonsense go on for? To be honest, I thought he should have been gone out of the game before that because even when he was given the kind of the, the initial kind of warning that one more and you're out of the game, he continued to run up and down the sideline abusing the line judge, uh, Pete Carroll just stood there, you know, he doesn't seem to be any kind of management of the players. He just kind of, it was just, he didn't pr- he didn't do anything to stop it and the players were having to pull him back. He should have been gone at that stage. And yeah. then the one, as you said, the one on Mariota was really, na- I thought it was really nasty. Yeah. yeah, I think, look, we're all very high on the, the Titans and I think, again, this proves why they have enough offensive line that's kind of keeping them in games and getting them those yards that they want. And I think the, the Murray-Henry combination is what they hoped for. And, yes. I, and it's coming true. Um, so you have your your downhill runner in uh, Derrick Henry, and in, or sorry, in Murray, and then you've got Henry who kind of brings a little bit of flair as well. Um, but it's a great combo that they have, and b- between the youth and the veteran, and Mariota is just playing good football. Yeah. Um, but I do well think he's it, not making silly mistakes. It, it helps that he's got an offensive line that is really top of the game. We nope. said we said last week that the Titans. You know, we've all been very high on them in the off-season conversations, but they really needed to win a game that we, you know, against 
one of the upper echelons teams. And I know Seattle are having no tr troubles, but a lot of people still would still consider them to be one of the front runners for the Super Bowl. Although, well, they, they blew their audition against the Raiders on opening day, but they certainly came back. The Seahawks offense showed life as well, which yeah. it hadn't for two weeks with the 27 points. Uh, but yeah, no, great win by the Titans. Definitely in contention in their very uh, uncompetitive division, I would say. And uh, just to call out pre-season predictions, I did mention Conklin and Lewan and the strength of the Titans O-line. So there we go. Talking of the Raiders, they fell off the bandwagon last Sunday. Wow. Uh, wow. Late game against the Redskins, 27-10 to the Redskins. Redskins getting their season back on track, but the Raiders' offensive line, Jesus. I, I didn't see this one coming. Um, again, I thought the Redskins, Redskins were going to come in close. I thought it would be a tight enough game, but I think we all went for the Raiders. This the Raiders. I think we all went for the Raiders. We, this all, one. Said, we all said it would be um, a reasonably tight game, but they still edged them out. They yeah. come out, but it just yeah. Derek Carr just never got going, um, and, I, and I think that didn't help. Marshawn Lynch wasn't that impressive. It just didn't click for them. It really didn't click for them on a the day. Um, I expected a hell of a lot more, and I think for the Raiders to compete, like you can't be losing twenty-seven ten to the Redskins and just underperforming as much as they did. If so it had been a tighter game, you'd have a bit more respect for it, but they were yeah, it blown out, it effectively. The offensive much. line was, it was just couldn't couldn't withstand the front the front five coming in from the Redskins. Carr was getting sacked all day. He looked completely off his game. I spoke to a Raiders fan, actually, in, in here in Morgan. They seem to think that the whole thing that went down with the Trump team was a big factor for them. There was a, you know, there was all the pre-game was just continuously conversation about that and what the Raiders players were going to do more so than the game itself so yeah. just yeah. seem to take it like and I think there's a definite divide in the Raiders organisation because you have a head coach and the name escapes me Mark Jack Del Rio Jack, Jack Del, Del Rio who is very passionate about the respect for the flag etc and nearly imposes that on his team and then you've got people like Marshawn Lynch who is also very outspoken in his views on it. So I think that definitely plays a part. Yeah, it doesn't definitely. impose anything except for Skittles. Um, <laughs> so that's it. Um, yeah, anyway, as I say, uh, Cousins came back to life and the Redskins yeah. season is very much alive. Um, staying with the uh, NFC South team, uh, East team even, the Cowboys at the Cardinals on Monday Night Football, 28-17 in favour of the Cowboys. Very balanced from the Cowboys. Not spectacular, but solid. Um, you know, on offense, certainly. On defense, they got back a bit. Demarcus Lawrence, one to watch with three sacks. Very disruptive. But the Cardinals, they just don't have the weapons. I mean, Palmer bounced back. Larry Fitz did his, Fitzgerald did his thing. 13 catches on 15 targets for just under 150 yards and a score. But they can't. he can't do it himself. So they didn't have the weapons to challenge the Cowboys' D. Well, I think we, we kind of discussed this, uh, like, Palmer, how much longer can he last the abuse he's taking? Because although he might have bounced back, how many sacks did he... Was it three? Oh, no. Uh, Lawrence got three. I think it was five or six in total. and everything. But Lawrence was counted for three of them. Yes. So I think it was five in total, actually. So he's still getting beat up every week, and that definitely doesn't help. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't think we all went for the Cowboys in this game. Yeah, I don't think we can underestimate the contribution that David Johnson brings to that team. The fact no. that yeah. he's gone... Like you said, we've... I was never high in the cards in the first place. The game played out was expected. Cowboys won with a bit going away. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. Okay, so look, on the picks this week, I think Brian just pipped Joe Gordon and myself. It was uh, 988, was it? 9016 nine, nine and 8 for you guys, yeah. Okay. Just, so but I'm still top. Gordon is still top. Just, just by the one now. I'm pulling just by the one, and I'm yeah. just lying in wait to take you out of the rest we'll see of the who, year. We'll see what a lone wolf matches go this weekend. Oh so. Jesus Christ, God help us. Um, anyway, before we move on from these, any other random loves, hates of anything mine or any other points you want to make in relation to the games? Um, look, I don't really want to go on about it again. The Trump thing, 
has kind of overshadowed what was a fantastic weekend of action. It's, as I said at the start of the podcast, week three, the season's really kicked off. Hopefully week four can be just as good. That's really the only kind of point to make. It was disappointing that that's overshadowing what was a really good. Yeah. Great season. Yeah, yeah, yeah great, great game yeah. in the season. My hate is um, Odell Beckham celebration. Oh. It was just, I'm sorry I took it from you, but it's just an idiot. As in, what? It, it was just playing the dog and then getting. Uh, urinating as ur- a dog. S- urinating as a dog. And uh, like how he even thinks it's maybe it's not funny or he's trying to make a statement. It was just a terrible, he terrible celebration. He made a statement after the game. He, yeah, said he goes, if they're going to treat me like a dog, I'll act like a dog. Well, it's a terrible, terrible statement to it's try and make. It's a clear violation of the celebration yeah. rules. He cost his it team ma- 15 it yards. It makes him look childish. Absolute childish. He is childish. Though. Yeah, he is. But unfortunately for the Giants, we, we need him. He's. A, He's probably one of the yeah. best wide receivers in well the that league. Was, that, was, that was the one piece I just took away. That okay. was, was so just on that, um, the, gi- the Giants uh, head office came out today and said he's going to be disciplined internally. Yeah. Oh, that's, so that's, yeah. that's nice fantastic to hear. news. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. to hear. He just won't yeah. be allowed to wear custom boots or something for a week. Oh, he'd probably <laughs> have to get a pair or something. I, I have a couple I wanted to bring up. Um, the Bears had the worst play of the entire weekend. Marcus Cooper oh, returning a blocked field goal. Starts slowing down the show bone with 10 yards to go. Vance McDonald, backup tight end for the Steelers, a real blue-collar guy they got from the 49ers uh, in the offseason here. Chasing, 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 punches out of his arms on the one-yard line, ends up being a touchback. They still got a field goal out of it. Possibly should have been a safety because mm. the ball was batted out the back of the end zone and it was a penalty in the end zone. I've, g- I've gone off but and did a bit of digging on that unbelievably stupid by yeah. Marcus Cooper. Yeah. I think it's okay because it was a live play, but uh, that's 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 the nuance well, with the rules. Sometimes you think you know the rules and then something else happens in the game that where, where John Fox didn't even know the rules because he was pleading for safety on the sideline as well. Yeah, I it was bizarre. I just, like, uh, will he play next week? That'll be the big question after making a big mess yeah. up like that. Did he not watch the Cowboys-Bills Super Bowl back in the heyday with Ronnie Lott doing the exact same Leon Lett. Sorry, yeah. Leon Lett. Sorry, yeah, yeah, Leon Lett was the guy who filmed it. Ronnie, yeah, so that, yeah. that's who it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, Leon Lett, actually, you know he's famous for another uh, famous mess up when he uh, tried to field a blocked field goal. Against the Dolphins. Against the Dolphins. When he did the Dolphins in the snow mistake and the Dolphins ended up picking up the ball and winning the game, he got a letter from a little girl who wrote to him and said, oh, dear Mr. Lett, don't feel sad and everything. Sure, after all, I saw a guy make a mistake in the Super Bowl where he started celebrating a return fumble and lost the ball before the line. It was the same player she was writing to. So I still I still love that that little story and this little 10-year-old girl we'll trying to put both of up on, on the uh, Twitter page later. We, we should do. Uh, other quick ones. Great pick by Glover Quinn on Matt Ryan. He knew the play before Matt Ryan did. Brilliant safety play. Aaron Rodgers... What's his record in overtime games, do you think, after this weekend? One me. He's the first overtime win of his career. He's one and seven in overtime. Uh, Jim Nance being surprised that the Bears had won when he was promoting the Thursday night game on the late game uh, was something interesting. And Matt Prater is now 14 in a row on 50-plus field goals in a row. Next week's picks, guys. Let's go through them. Bears at the Packers is the aforementioned Thursday night game. Who you got? Um... Look, it's like the Bears are good at home and they're poor away from home. Uh, you'd expect, I'm, I'm not even going to say too much, I think the Packers will win this one. Yeah, I, I will be absolutely shocked. Packers, easy. Yeah, I with the Packers as well. London baby again. This is the first game at Twickenham? No, this is Wembley as this well. This is Wembley as well? Yeah. Okay, all right, so this is Wembley as well. This is probably the pick of the four games. Uh, you've got the Dolphins coming back for the third time. Saints come back for the second time. Saints at Dolphins. Dolphins only with six home games this season. It's though. a really tricky one. Uh, and, you know, I was kind of flagging up that Miami went out to LA for that fourth week one game well in advance. And that was one of the reasons they won the game. Now they've gone. They're, you know, it's a hell of a route. They've gone to New York and they've gone to London. Um, the Saints, I'm going to go with the Saints. I think the Saints will win. 
Yeah, Saints, Saints again. I think uh, I'd be shocked if the Dolphins beat them. I was going to go for the Saints, but now I'm doubting it because you two boys are coming from. Um, you just have to stick with what you think, Frank. Um, I, I know. I, I don't think the Saints are that good. I think mm. the Dolphins are going to expose the poor Saints secondary. And I think Cutler's not going to be as bad two weeks in a row. I'm going to go to the Dolphins. Okay. Um, Lone Wolf. Titans at Texans. This is a critical game for the AFC South Division aspirations. Looking forward to this one. I, I actually can't wait to see the Texans defense against the Titans offensive line. I'm a little bit divided on it. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with Titans. Yeah, it's, this is kind of the one of the ones the Titans really have to, <coughs> to win in terms of the division. Like Obviously, it's a divisional game, but you expect these two to be the frontrunners at, at the end of the season. I'm going to go with the Titans. And I say, like Gordon's alluding to, the big clash between defense and O-line, the Texans shut down the Patriots' run game. I think they're going to slow down the Titans' run game. I'm going Texans and the resurgence of Deshaun Watson. Oh, God. Jaguars at the Jets, and both teams, of course, are on a winning streak <laughs> of one whole be game. It'd be interesting because the Jaguars are coming back off the Wembley. We've said about how good they are going to Wembley. It's interesting to see that there's no bye week now coming back off the yes. Wembley game. Oh, God, this is a tough one. No, I'm going with the Jags. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with the Jags and quote what I said at the, at the start. Bortles isn't losing them games yet, and I'm going <laughs> to stick with the Jags. I think the Jags have a better run game. I'm yeah. going with the Jags. They've, I think they've also got a better defense. Even though the Jets are at home, I go Jags. Mm. Uh, Panthers at the Patriots. Yeah, let's just get this one done quickly. I, well, okay, so you're going? Pats. Patriots. Guys, I, I must admit, I'm less confident than you are. Uh, yeah, but you've got to bear in mind that the Panthers' offense has done nothing so yeah. far. They've started along, and now they've lost Olsen, which can't be underestimated. I don't think you'd be seeing the shootout you saw last weekend. Yeah, I, I think, think so. this one, if you were asking me last week which one is the spread bet in terms of 13 and a half last week, and I said there's no way the Patriots are covering that. If that was the spread this week, I'd expect the Patriots to cover that. Uh, I, I think the Patriots' defense haven't done anything this season, and Newton could give them trouble, but I go with my heart, and I go with the Pats. Uh, Lions of the Vikings, who is going to reign for the contender claim to the pa uh, to the Packers crown in the AFC North? You know, who's the contender? Who's the pretender? I I think the Lions are going to blow out the Vikings in this game. That's, I, a, that's a statement. Yeah, it's a statement. I, I just think what happened in week three, the Lions are going to come back. And I think you're just going to see Stafford throwing bombs all day. So I'm going to Lions. Lions for this game. I'm going to go with the Vikings. I yeah. can see why. I've been on the lines all day, and now I'm picking the Vikings. I, I said earlier, I think they're really strong at home. It was a bit of a heartbreaker last week. I just, I did say the Lions will, you know, it's good to see the Lions can compete with the best in the division. But I think the Vikings at home are really, really strong, and their defense is very good at home. I think the Lions, sorry, the Vikings will win this. My fear about the Vikings is Case Keenum and mm. two two uh, two good games in a row. Yeah, uh, I think the Lions have been very good and hung tough yet last week against the, the Falcons in particular. Uh, I'm going the Lions, but it's going to be very close, and I, I can totally see the Vikings winning this as well. But I'll go Lions. Bills at Falcons. Um, as as good as the, the Bills have been defensively, I don't think they'll be able to compete with the Falcons. They're just too strong, especially at home. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Falcons on this one. Falcons, we've got a clean sweep. Steelers at Ravens. Uh, this is an AFC showdown. It might be a hoedown if the same Ravens as London turn up. 
I don't think they will. I actually think the Ravens will win this game. It's interesting. I'm going for two teams that are coming back off a Wembley game, which usually you don't do because you expect yeah. f- no. But I just don't think I don't think Big Ben is up for the season, and I think like these divisional games are always close and go either way. I think Harvard will get a reaction out of the defense in particular, and the Ravens will win the game. I'm leaning towards the Ravens as well. I I just think what happened with Big Ben was massive. Um, I don't think he is his heart is in it like Brian has said. And I think the Ravens getting absolutely middled like they did in London are going to come back with something to prove. Golden has exited the train, <coughs> has gone no, off no. at the station. No, no. For me, the biggest thing is beating E when it comes to the picks at the end of the year. So I, g- I, right. need, to, I need to make the sensible <laughs> choice. So I'm going with the Ravens for this one. Okay, I say Steelers. I think they are going to unite better after the controversy this week. Mm-hmm. And I think they've got more than the Ravens. Uh, sadness, mediocrity, pain. No one is a winner in the next game. Bengals at the Browns. I do you want just one no, 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 go on, take it away. I think I saw enough out of Bengals on Sunday, albeit losing the game against what everybody says is one Pakistan. of the better one of the better teams in the NFL. I think the Bengals will win. I think Annie Dalton will have a meltdown, and I think the Browns will get this. I again, I'm actually conflicted on this because Lions and Vikings, I think, is very close. I go with a way team again, though. I go with Bengals. I think they'll they'll pick the Browns. Rams at the Cowboys. Dallas in a high-scoring game. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna go with Rams. I'd love to see the Rams win, but yeah, I just I'm gonna, don't I'm gonna think go with the Rams. You, you need the Rams to win at this stage, uh, to be honest with you. Need I a, need a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see the Cowboys. I think Goff is gonna be a bit fluctuating still, so I go Cowboys. Chargers at the Eagles. Chargers been very gamey, but still zero and three. The way around. Sorry, Chargers at home. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go with the. I wrote that down wrong. I'm gonna go with the Eagles. I'm going to give the win to the Chargers. Chargers are at home. Um, I'm going to... Yeah, I think the San Diego Chargers will win the game. The who? LA Chargers. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's an unusual... But I think uh, San Diego... Again, who? San Diego, <laughs> I think... Th- I'll call them the Chargers. I think the Chargers can put up points and uh, I think they will win a close one. I think the kicker will win a win will get a winning field goal, which unfortunately he hasn't done in week one and week two. So there you go. Redemption. The redemption song, is it? So, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's a... I think this is a close one. I mean, uh, they're both... They're both capable of genius and they're both capable of incompetence. But I will lean more in favour of Carson Wentz and the Eagles. So I'll go with the Eagles, even though they are the away team and not the home team, as I thought. Um, The Cardinals 49ers. I'm going to go with the 49ers. And I am joining suit. I just think after seeing the, the shootout with the Rams. Uh, They've proven that they can put up high points. Yeah, and I think we're starting to see the effect that the new uh, coaching staff and front office are having on the 49ers. So I'm going to go uh, 49ers. We're, we're not high on the Cardinals either. So. No. We're not high on the Cardinals, but they did show a bit more the other day. I'm still not sold on the 49ers. Keep, ma- keep making the wrong picture. Cardinals are at home. I, I, one of them's got to break their duck. I'm going to go Cards. Fair enough. Uh, oh, God. The Bucks at the Giants. This isn't the right game for the Giants to have after... Sorry, the Giants at the Bucks. Uh, this isn't the right game for the Giants to have after the first three games they've had, really, is it? No, and Tampa Bay are a bit kind of Jack and Hyde. They look very strong at home. I'll be at the only play the Bears, and then to go away to the, the Vikings and get spanked. Oh, God. I'm going to go with the Giants. don't think we did enough on offense last week to at least compete with the game. And I'm not sold on Tampa Bay offensively. 
And I think if we can we can get at Winston, I think he'll show a few interceptions. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna stick it. I think John's gonna win the game. I think the poor Giants are gonna go 0 four. I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I I think the Giants have to win. Uh the Bucks have to win as well, but I think the Giants are gonna be more desperate and they did start to show some signs on offense. So I'm going Giants and Winston, bad game, lot too many inceptions. The Giants defense is dangerous. Uh, Raiders at the Broncos. I'm going to go with the Broncos. Um, I think they're, again, a bit of Jekyll and Hyde. They're very strong at home. They weren't great away in Buffalo. Uh, saw that coming, but in mile high, they're, they're really good. So I'm going to go with them. I think the Raiders will have another bad week. Okay. I think the Raiders bounce back. Raiders from for this week. Uh, I'm going Broncos. I think they're going to bounce back better, uh, to be honest, and mile high is an advantage. Colts at the Seahawks. I mean, this isn't a great Sunday night like l- Sunday <coughs> night late game. Uh, we don't mind. We can go to bed this week, but still, for the American audiences, this this yeah, is going to be. Yeah, it's not one of the games I'll be going to bed and keeping an eye on the score. No, no, no. no. Um, <coughs> Seattle will win the game. Yeah, Seattle. Seattle. Uh, sorry, that's all of us. <laughs> Seattle. Redskins at the Chiefs rounds up Monday night football. Good Monday night football game, actually. Uh, mm. Arrowhead will be loud and noisy. Yeah, I think this is going to be a great game, but um, I think the Chiefs will close out this one. Your fourth team. My yeah, fourth team. Fourth yeah, team, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, as, as, as well as the Redskins played against the Raiders, going into Arrowhead is a different, completely different ball game, and the Chiefs probably looked at one, probably do look the, the best team on the AFC side so far. I expect them to win the game. I, I don't think there'll be any um, pain necessarily for uh, Washington slipping to 2-2. Two and two. Chiefs have been a class act so far. Uh, Chiefs continue their unbeaten run and go to 4-0. and oh. They're the picks for the week. Bet of the week. Uh, Brian, the hot pot treble was nearly 250 quid in profit. Blew up last week, derailed, unfortunately. Derailed really badly. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, but, uh, like, I mean, what's, <coughs> your, what's your betting uh, this week? Where do you go this week? You look at those list of games, and it's really tough to actually kind of pick out what you think is a really good spread. But, um, I think the Packers will cover the handicap against the Bears, so you throw in your choice tonight. I do think the Patriots will cover against the Panthers. Ooh, okay. And then I'm going to leave the bet alone and it's going to come back in on Monday night and I think the Chiefs will cover the handicap against the Redskins. So I'm going Packers, Patriots and Chiefs to cover the spread this weekend. 6-1. Six to 6-1. Six I'm going for a treble and again, I don't Ooh, do my... He's coming up to the trebles at um, last. Uh, and I don't do my research to give you the odds, but I will tweet them out. I'm going with the Saints, Titans and Jags. With the spread or straight up? With the spread. With the spread, so it'll be about yep. six to one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my bet this week is always gamble responsibly. Never involve the Bears in any <laughs> bets. And Jay Cutler is still cursed and never involve Jay Cutler and the Dolphins this season in any bet. I'll tweet out a, a kind of an away day special later in the, the week. For that, though, guys, we are going to call our final play of the week. Uh, so for the 40... No, sorry. For the 1972 Dolphins, only the Chiefs and Falcons are making you keep the champagne on ice. Whereas the 49ers, Browns, Bengals, Chargers, and the Giants do continue to give the 2008 Lions hope of putting their champagne back on ice. Our thanks, as always, to our engineer par excellence, Jason. This has been the Irish NFL Podcast, brought to you in association with the 42.ie. Follow us on Twitter, at IrishNFLPod. Talk to us and follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And we will talk more football next week. But for now, it's goodbye from Gordo. Goodbye. Goodbye from Brian. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Goodbye.